This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I am unashamed. What about you? So, Dad, uh, it's June. Usually you have some reports along the way. Um, about the land, the water regime, or what's the, what's the, is there a season now, or this is, is a, this you waiting a, it out, or what are you doing? This is a low water year. Last year, first was, one in what five years, right? First last year was a low water year. It got up to about thirty four, thirty five, which is about fifteen feet rise on the river. Yep. This year, it got up to about thirty, thirty one, thirty two in there. Forty is flood stage yep, here. Just pushing in in on the ducko. So now we've got it all ready to drain out. We're waiting on the, we're going to plant uh, the muck. The muck is, is all the water that's in the backwater. When you drain a swampland, it's just solid silt. It's silt. Yep. It's just muck. Filled with snakes and Filled with various. snakes and <laughs> mosquitoes, and alligators, alligators, and all that. It's so we're gonna we're gonna drain it all. Everything out there now wants to hurt you. We're gonna drain this week, and as soon as we drain it, and as soon as the muck appears when the water comes off, we take four wheelers with cedars on the back, and we just spray all that muck. Then we drain it down a couple more days. We move down, so we just plant it as we drain. You drain it and you plant it. And so the silt is your fertilizer. It, it's a fertilizer. We're not buying fertilizer because it's a hundred dollars a bag. <laughs> <laughs> because of the the Ukraine, I never knew this till this war happened. Is the like seventy five percent of the world's fertilizer comes from Ukraine? I didn't know that. So they can't. Obviously, they're not you know providing it because they're in a war. This this political structure we now have is the worst I have ever seen Pretty in bad. my seventy six years on the earth. Pretty bad. So, but pitiful. Luckily for you, Dad, and us, the Almighty has provided fertilizer. Yep. By way of the Washtenaw River. That is correct. And so you're using that to your advantage. If you don't plant it before the Almighty plants it, he'll he'll bring it down, and he'll put what he thinks ought to be out there. <laughs> Well, sometimes it, so are you doing something kind ducks don't like what he puts out there now look you bring up an interesting thought and I we, that took a turn I didn't know I was studying this because you're you're you famously have said that you're a low-tech man in a high-tech world that is correct but something hit me the other night so when God made Adam and Eve I may be going out here on oh this boy one, here so we go I could be wrong. <laughs> It's a long way from. I wish I had a warm when God, long way from silt, but go when ahead. God, no, we're getting there. Yeah. He, he made Adam. He he had this statement because you know Genesis one is kind of a creation yep. uh, narrative, but then Genesis two is kind of like a lot of scholars say. Well, it's a it's the same creation narrative. Yeah, he just, just focuses on the humans. Yeah, so yeah. it's a it's a it's a dual creation story there. Yep. But he says he took the man to work work the ground and subdue it. Well, there's your birthplace of technology. Yeah. Think about it. Because he had to say, okay, well, I need an efficient way 
to do this. And, you know, when you get to uh, chapter four or five there, you get into the actual farming and they were making tools. Now they were making them Mm -hmm. for violence. And so it was, I mean, God had technology in mind from the beginning that because that's if you read the definition of science and technology it's basically coming up with a way to be the most efficient with what you have to work with right correct so but that led me because i i kind of chuckle when i thought about because phil always said oh you know no technology but the more i got to thinking about that i i heard a a, a sermon one time talking about technology but and basically the thrust of it, it was on some book that somebody read, that it's kind of like anything else. It's what you use it for. But the problem when you put all your hopes and dreams in technology is there's no moral consideration. Correct. In that. that right. That's the problem. Right. If you're totally relying on that. So my point is you can come up with a way to be more efficient, but it doesn't necessarily tell you whether you should do that. Correct. Because what if your goal, whatever makes you happy or whatever your goal is, if you find the most efficient way to do that, well, what if it's killing 10,000 people? Right. Well, that, but technology doesn't consider that. You would just come up with a way to do it. So I think when we get Which on. Which is why technology is on the same level as the theory of evolution, because the the people that came up and believed the theory of evolution say the same thing. It's just survival of the fittest. Right. In other words, there's no morality. If you have to die so that someone's stronger than you can live, that's what we do. But my point is don't blame technology when they give you a cell phone and you're like, well, I mean, they, you know, they put it, they made it where I could do this. You still have a moral obligation to the creator of the universe to make wise decisions, no matter what you have in your hand and no matter what you're going to do. And that's the problem when you, you when you take all this technology, because, look, we've come up with some incredible things, especially in the last 20 years. I mean, just incredible. But we're so reliant on it. I mean, there's actually people out there that think that death is a technology problem. They're like, at some point, we'll figure out technology to where we can't, we won't die. Yep. It, what, now, I mean, you're talking about delusion. They're working on trying to make us immortal instead yeah. of God. But I also know the thing, you're if right. If you put your hope on that, guess what's going to happen to you? You're going to die while they're trying to figure Another it out. Another yep. irony about your thing with dad and the idea of technology in the land is that, I don't know, dad, if you added up the, the value of the equipment that's within about, a hundred yards of where we're sitting right here in this podcast studio, yeah. it would be a lot, right? It'd be about a million dollars worth. A million dollars worth of stuff. Whoa. And so, and that's track hose and tractors and uh, uh, spreaders and planters. Eat, what they even came up with, the people that do our side-by-sides came up with a side-by-side that runs on tracks that I don't know that they've ever done one for anybody other than you. Maybe they have. Well, they make it for a few people, but... but, but if so you, you have, can plant. If you have tracks instead of wheels... Your tracks won't bury down in the mud. Right, you won't you get just stuck. Go along on top you know of what's it. in those computer? I mean, those uh, tractors now. Computers. computers. Oh, tell me about it. So you're That's the first things the rats eat. <laughs> so yeah. we go in there, you know, and we got mothballs, 
in bu- in little bags. Yeah. Put them in there. And they smell them rats. Do whoo? Get out of here. Yeah. So so they eat actually, the wiring. It's fighting rats. Actually, from a financial muck. from a financial perspective, you're way more technological than me. Because that phone only costs about what do they cost now? About a thousand bucks. A thousand bucks. Yeah. This phone that they've got ways to do stuff and all that, but trial and error is what I use. So we know what kind of feed ducks like the best. So and sometimes the Almighty will give us a great crop of sprinkle top. But we've noticed that if you have millet there that's flooded, more ducks will come on the millet than the sprinkle top. Right. So we say so you're uh, not really going against the Almighty. You're just no. bringing some of this stuff from somewhere else. He here. set well, he set the parameters yeah. on when we drain it, when we plant it. And how we do that, how we put water on it, we, we just work around what he's doing. But we're very aware. So, so I didn't. But my point was, Phil, you're not looking at the tractor asking it whether you should look lustfully at a woman. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, and as ridiculous as that sounds, but people do that yeah. with a phone right. or yeah, computer. Some, some other piece of You work technology. on the land and live in the woods and you operate based the format on what God has given you from year to year, some years wet years, some years dry years, we have decided, we, we've done it trial and error. We say, okay, this year we got a pretty dry year. We'll be planting by June. A lot of times it's August before the water comes out, long backwater. Well, that determines what we plant. Can't get out there because it's flooded. Right. So, All I do is manipulate water, and a lot of it. So I didn't know we were going to open with this. because I, I didn't either. I never know what we're going to open with. But, Jace, you brought up an interesting point, which I like that, in Genesis 2, technology birthplace. So I'm speaking this week. By the time this airs, it will have already happened. But I'm speaking this week. I was asked to come to Washington, D.C., and I'm already going to be out speaking anyway, to speak at a, at a um, conservative environmental conference. Because you think about environmentalism, most of the time we always think left-wingers and you know all that. Yep. But there's a group, a large group of young conservative people, and when I say conservative, you know, politically, that are also concerned about conservation and taking care of the planet, which so are we. So they, so they, he, the guy reached out to me and said, would you come and talk about how that hunters and fishermen, by nature, most of them, are conservationists, which we are. Oh yeah, and so I took a, I got Dan to take a picture of on the wall here. There's a picture of our property uh, from a you know high viewpoint, and which shows the whole thing. So I, I'm going to show that at this conference because God blessed us to be able to have property. But what yep. you have done, and now we're in your footsteps because Stone and us will be the next generation, and then beyond that, is that we want this property to be exactly what God intended it to be a paradise of wildlife and us to be able to enjoy that and be a part of that. And so if everybody had their parcel, had the same mindset, you know, the earth would be a pretty good place. Well, but look, look at all the work that, you put into it. But a lot that, of the things we have nothing to do with it. It's just as simple as walk out there and a little blow will come by thunderstorm and I'll see a limb that broke off and it hit the ground. Well, it's a willow oak limb. So I said, let me just look at something. So beginning in June, Mid-June, going into July, I see a limb on the ground. I ease over on that stop my four-wheel. I walk over there and look at that, and I take that limb. And sometimes it's like that, and I roll that limb around. I look. I said, well, what do you know? I said, I see a lot of acorns. 
Well, last year I looked at the limbs and there were no lichens, very few. So our wood duck population was way down, no food supply. Large, 1,600 acres, but no acres on the trees. Well, that affects the deer, how much food they have, food supply, the ducks, it, it affects everything. But, so this year remains to be seen, but I've never seen two years in a row that, where the acorns weren't there. It could have been a warning that somebody, somebody close to this property should might have done something wrong. So, so my, <laughs> that's right. It needs to repent. So my point, Jay's judgment. My point, and I don't have long to speak, but I went back to Genesis two in the same place you did, and which I like your thought. I may add that now that you've told me that I have more. That well, I need more. That Genesis two is also that same context is the birthplace of conservation because the man came here and before he ever had and a and technology and science. That's right, and science. But here's where my argument. Here's here's where it, I wasn't going to do this, but since you brought it up, here's where it leads. So if the technology gurus say that is the answer to all, and the, I've already explained the problem with it, right. is it doesn't have a moral basis. It Technology doesn't factor in what you're trying to be efficient for. It just says, here's how you do it. We still have to decide some other way whether we should do this, whether it's right yep. or wrong. Correct. Yep. So my point is, if that's the technology way, where people who who affix that as the answer to all one day will be able to figure out all the world's problems and in world hunger based on technology because that's what people think. Yep. Well, they're going to the future, but I'm going in the past. How could you have technology pre Genesis two without a technician? Mm-hmm. How, where did the tech, because the earth Somebody was had formed. To start it. So, there was technology set in motion when you start building planets. Mm-hmm. That had to take some technology. I mean, you have it just the right distance from the sun. You have water. You have it with all the components. You have all these could, different soils. We call different some soils it, for we different call it purposes. Gumbo. I mean, it's like, like, uh, it's 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 a particular. It's not like sandy. No. You know, up on some ridges you get a little sandy, but down in the swamp part, yep, different. That silt, it, you you get a whole different. So where's regime the of vegetation? I mean, your vegetation. We go out there and say whatever we put here, we need to put it here for a food supply for squirrels, ducks, deer. We said we're we're aware of all these different species right. that depend on it. So we try to make it So I excel. propose... Hang on, Jace. Let's take a break. So, Jace, you had a... Uh, you cut your own hair recently. We talked about that on the podcast. I did. I did. And my beard. And your beard, you know. So, Talent. Yeah, you're looking, you're looking all spiffy now. It's a good problem. So you have hair, which is yeah. good. And Jace cuts his own hair. Some of you guys out there, though, may be experiencing hair loss, and you may be doing it at a young age. And so one of our sponsors has been with us the whole time we've been on the air uh, is a company called Keeps. And the reason they're called Keeps is they help you keep your hair, which is really good, uh, especially you got that early male pattern baldness going on. They have a clinically proven FDA-approved hair treatment, and it's all available online. They have a physician available. 
uh, that's also there 24-7 if you have any questions about anything. No waiting rooms, no pharmacy visits. It comes straight to your door at about half the cost. So uh, if those balding jokes are wearing thin, join thousands of guys who have saved their hair. Go to keeps.com slash door. You're going to get 50% off your first order. K-E-E-P-S dot com slash door. Keeps.com slash door. I propose the technology came from the technician that has a lot of skills. A lot of truth A certain set of skills that would be God Almighty, who also, by the way, has the moral compass by which men should live by in that it's pure just and they have an open denial of the technician he's not there that's it there is no god so we're looking at it like oh there's a god there's a creator and we work within the parameters uh, uh, when it comes to trees bushes grasses we study the whole thing from start to finish this makes a good point the techno lords have tried to replace the ultimate technician with their technology. It's mother, yeah. mother, mother Earth. Or that. Well, the techno lords cannot achieve the objective when because of the lack of morality that only Jesus as Lord provides. Yep. But you know what's interesting, Dave? So you you got shown. Father God has been replaced by Mother Earth. Yeah. That's a bad move. So they, you know, you look at those the shows like Star Trek and all those, which the idea was we would eventually evolve to a place with technology, yet we would solve all of our problems that we have now or when that show was first made in the 60s, 70s, 80s, whatever. But you know what's interesting? The shows always have to have the same tension in them. So guess what? The whole time they're fighting wars. <laughs> They're 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 bombing out planets yeah. now. It's just a bigger scale of destruction. You see what I'm saying? I mean, you take the same. You have, this you right have here, the moral compass. This right here, right here, depends on God and how He the soil, the water, the rains, the yep. droughts, the storms. You say you have to operate under what He gives you. You, you think about schools now today. I mean, now especially since the pandemic, they have think of the technology. Even this, the public school that I went to, we went to, they all had to buy each student a computer during the coronavirus. Yeah. Because you had to be able to go online. So you're thinking, well, that's fascinating that we've reached a place in our existence that we're that sophisticated. Well, what's the problem with schools? When... It's th- there's still no moral compass, especially since God has been removed. That's it. So all the technology in the world's not going to matter if there's no moral way to address people's lives and instill it. Not only that, to, to, to prove your point even more, all that technology was poured into it. Schools are upgraded to try to help them be, you know, less virus, you know, and all this stuff, and better air circulation. But it's now, they're proving it now because now you're looking at the results. All that technology, Jason, all those computers, guess what? Educational disaster. Scores plummeted. People have dropped it, just didn't even go back to school. Well, you I know mean, why? Because not only if you take out God as far as the moral compass, it actually, and it, I mean, these are what people have written about it, and, you know, they're godly men. But when you think about what technology does, and it does a lot of good things, but it also 
separates us from the actual earth because you can you could be planning technology so much to where you never are experiencing the earth itself other than what you're looking at and typing and you thought well nobody would do that oh there's people been in, been in their basement for days, weeks, and months. They hadn't even seen the sun. Yeah. So what are they doing? Well, they're on a computer. They're right. on a on a technology. Now we're back to your metaverse deal. Well, then when you get to the social uh, platforms and all, it actually that alienated you from other people. Yeah. It just gave you a mirage that you're, you were you're, interacting. You're quoting scripture, although they claim to be wise, Jace. As far as technology goes, they really have. <clears throat> They became fools. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man, birds, animals, and reptiles. Therefore, he gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged, here's the deal with technology. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And they worshiped and served created things rather than the creator. That's where we are. Well, yeah. and, but but you got to remember, technology. Like you say, they, is a they good, got rid of the technician, Jace. It, well, technology is a good thing as long as you adhere that that there is a technician because God. It was God's plan all along. But when you take God out of the equation, Whew. when there's no technician, then all of a sudden the moral fiber breaks down and then the relationships break down, which is what it always comes back to that relationship with the Father trickles into our relationship with our family and the community and so you can use this together but you take god you out get, of it and you're gonna have to our audience out here because we got a lot of young people who are very tech savvy you're I'm, I'm telling you you're gonna have to be a policeman in your house with your children especially about what jace was just talking about last night lisa comes in i'm working on this i'm working on our podcast so i'm on my computer working you studying and so all my grandkids are there, or they're all on a device. One of them's on my phone, one of them's on the iPad, and they're playing these games, and they're all interactive. So Lisa walks in, and she's like, oh, everybody, all devices right here. You know, she just walks in the room, and everybody piles them up there, and she says, everybody outside. We're not going to play like we're playing outside on a computer. Go play outside. And so, I mean, she's basically saying, we're not going to play like we're playing Go out and play, but if if you don't make that effort, they'll just lock into that world and they'll just live there. Yeah, and they won't go play outside. They won't go and experience the thing. So guess what? They're out there playing baseball. Then they were playing basketball. Then they went swimming. I thought you have to make an effort to be able to do that and not just say, "Well, my kids are quiet because they're on a computer or a phone." They need to be active. I mean, that's how we're made. Enjoy the earth. Be a part of it. You're right. I, yeah. I couldn't agree with that more. No, I mean, I think we get a bad reputation. It's not bad. It It's only bad when you're, you've are you detached the creator of the universe correct. from this privilege that we're you are correct. To and that's why we're using it to, to do what we're doing with the Unashamed Podcast. So before we get back to Hebrews, um, I, I want to share. So, Dad, your book, uh, Your Daily Feel, which is a devotional book. It's got a hundred devotionals in here uh, that are coming from some of the books you have written. Um, it did so well when they released it on a short release, just a Walmart only that now they're releasing it nationally. Yep. So I want to mention it to folks cause you can get it at Amazon, Hobby Lobby, books a million, Barnes and Noble, Christianbook.com. Uh, you may want to check this out. Uh, and I know it's 
this is releasing right before Father's Day, so it may be too late for that. But if not, it'd be a great Father's Day gift. Really some good stuff in here. Oh, if, did that, a good job if that was put in the hearts and minds of America, just that little book right there. Yep. It's short. Each 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 uh, topic is not over a page and a half, yep. two pages. That's right. So it's not like you're, you're trying just turn from one to the other. Day, the, the days go by, and everything in there is positive. It's about four months of, de- of devotional, and it comes from the themes of the books you've written, from That's theft right. and Jesus' politics. So it's a great gift idea, uh, just letting you know about that. I try to let you guys know, Unashamed Nation, uh, because I know it's a, you enjoy that. Uh, so check it out if you hadn't already gotten that, uh, your daily feel, which I thought was clever, Jace, your daily feel. Yeah, F I L L or P H I L. No, it's good. It it the material. He had a good source for the material. He did, and which is what we're doing. In the picture, he's right out there on the land. Yep. And there's yep. a log, and the source of the material is in his right hand. That's exactly right. That's a hurricane blew that log down. Did it really? It blew it down. How did it cut it? Looks like a saw. Well, we we cut it up to use it for firewood. Oh, okay. Uh, After, the wind the wind blew it down. Jay's, have you started cutting your firewood yet? Is that- I did. I started yesterday, and, uh, you know, the neighbors all gathered around. <laughs> you got to remember, when you live around yuppies, when you go grab a chainsaw and Good start saying, oh, there, this is must-see. They come <laughs> and gather. I thought, what, what, what are they doing? They're just watching. It's exciting. So, uh. So that was the neighborhood. Uh, Which is my probably. point about technology. We have a chainsaw, and we're one of the trees that that blowed down the last storm. We, we, we took a hit in our neighborhood. But they all gathered up in between my neighbor and I. And, when you uh, live in Louisiana, with the especially through hurricane season, chainsaw is a vital thing to have. Yeah. You talk about technology that you need because there's so many trees around here. Once they start falling down, you couldn't even leave here if you well, didn't Well, it's have so power. funny. It, that it took one... an hour and a half. To, oh, it took three or four hours to cut my way out. <laughs> well, but I was just trying to help the energy people. That, right. So I they said at least in. they can. you can drive down the road. It was just like this, tree after yeah. tree after tree. Well, I cut them out off of our road. That's exactly why I love but, where we live. Let's take another break. So one of our uh, newer sponsors, uh, I think we've mentioned them a time or two before on the Unashamed podcast, uh, is called Eden Pure Thunderstorm. And um, the idea behind this is that it provides that same smell that you get after a thunderstorm. You know that ozone-type smell that you smell? It provides that for your home. So it quickly destroys viruses, odors, mold, a lot of things that happen. Dad, this would be good in your house because <laughs> We've had a few issues going on. We've actually got one plugged in here uh, into the the lair. And uh, so we're enjoying it right here um, as we do our podcast. So it vanishes those smells. It smells like that thunderstorm has come through and cleared it out. They've already sold over 250000 so it works. Right now, you can save $200 on an Eden Pure Thunderstorm 3-pack for the whole home protection. And that's what we have. We have them in our home. You'll get three units for under $200. So that's a fraction of the cost compared to other air purifiers that can go as much for $600 a piece. So check these guys out with this special offer. You're getting three units for under $200. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Put in the discount code Phil to save that 200 bucks. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Use the discount code Phil and shipping is free. 
deer well, with full axe when that, when that thing. It's went. so funny that my next door neighbor acquired all the trees that had fallen, which I thought, you know, he just, they just gave them to him, but he bought some of them. So some of my neighbors that I won't mention which mm-hmm. ones actually sold him the trees yep. for firewood. And uh, so I was like, boy, you got your work cut out for you. He said, well, I thought we could do is you cut them up and uh, I'll get my boys and they'll have us firewood. So I was like, oh, okay. So he bought the trees. Yep. I cut them up yep. and the boys distribute. It's a pretty good deal. For I, bad deal. Those, I think. Yeah, those are good boys. Yeah. Um, so we're uh, we're we're back to Hebrews. We're just kind of still setting up the book. Well, um, you listed. I think we're up to seven things now that yeah, we seven said, key thoughts. And it, I, in the overtime, I only talked about one: the word impossible. Well, we had faith and perfect. That I get. I thought you had perfect on there somewhere. No, I didn't have perfect. We, we need perfect. Yeah, that's faith, in there perfect, and better. With the three I mentioned on the last yeah, podcast. Better, yeah. And then you brought up impossible in the overtime, and I brought up impossible's cousin, <laughs> which is, this is not a cousin to be taken lightly. <laughs> this is not a player to be named later like it didn't matter. <laughs> and just to, you know, to bring people up to speed where we left off, there's an illustration that's quite clever about Melchizedek in – Hebrews 7. I mean, maybe we'll get to that in detail on who he was, yeah. but I I propose that he was in the Jewish world because here's these Jewish Christians who are being tempted to go back to the old Under system, the, the old, old covenant. covenant. We had a list. I, I, I gave a list of the old covenant versus the new covenant, and I can give that again. But I brought up that Hebrews 6, or is it seven? Yeah, chapter seven and verse sixteen. The cousin of impossible would be because Jesus was better. There's your, your word than Melchizedek because he became a priest. This is seven sixteen of Hebrews, not on the basis of a regulation as to his ancestry. And you, if you think about that, it's a powerful because what is Jesus's ancestry? Well, you can follow in Matthew and Luke. You have one that goes back to God and one that goes back Abraham. To, to Abraham, which is, you know, he was the son of man and the son of God. Correct. But it was not based on a regulation as to his ancestry, but on the basis of the power of an indestructible life. Right. The only time I believe the word indestructible is used I think you're right. in the Bible. But when you think about impossible, I mean, Jesus is better because he's indestructible. I mean, just think about our Lord and say, when somebody, that's why it always kind of irks me when people uh, cower down or they're nervous about having Jesus conversations or they don't want to be, or they're ashamed of their faith or they're just, they're like, well, man, I should say something, but I'm not. And I mean, we follow one who is better because he's indestructible. Yep. You got that. And then. A better hope, two verses below that, 19, 18, 19. A better hope is introduced by which we draw near to God. Then just below there, others became priests without an oath, but he became a priest with an oath which God said to him, the Lord has sworn and, not, and will not change his mind. You, Jesus, are a priest forever. Because of this, and he's back on it again, Jesus has become, this is the third time it's mentioned, the guarantee of a better 
covenant. Yeah. Three times. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And 11 total in the whole book, which you yep. talked about. Well, that's why when he said uh, that we have better promises, which verse was yep. that we read? Uh, that was one of them. I think it was seven or eight that you mentioned. Yeah, eight, six. Eight, six. So when you look at the old covenant versus new covenant, the point he's trying to make, I mean, here's these people trying to go back under the old covenant because that was their heritage. And that was what the human they, race was trying to do. Jesus had to do for us. Exactly. And I gave some reasons at the end of the last podcast, which I think you know, I'll run through them real quick again, because I think they're important. The old covenant was a shadow and Jesus obviously was the reality and the substance in the new covenant. That's why his promises are better. And you have the verses like, uh, it's not yes and no, because that would be under the old law. In Jesus, what is that, 2 Corinthians 1? Mm -hmm. It's always yes. Yeah. I mean, what a statement. It's, it's because his promises are better. Uh, the old covenant was temporary. The new covenant was permanent. And I'd venture to say eternal. Yep. Because it, it, it gives us the thought of having a forever family. Uh, the mediator was Moses under the old covenant. The high priest was Aaron. The priests were only Levites. Well, in Christ, the mediator is Christ. The high priest is Christ. And the priests are all who follow Jesus. Everybody. Right. You don't have to have a certain garb or be from a certain tribe. You can be from anywhere. Uh, the old covenant, it, no matter how you, you dial it up, imperfection came out of it. Man could not keep the law. The new covenant is you have perfect because Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for it. He took, he became sin for us. The old covenant was abolished and because the new covenant, Jesus fulfilled it. And I mean, it's still like Phil says a lot. You, we, these principles were good and it's not like we don't use them and take the principles out of them that God intended, but you're never going to be. The law perfect. wasn't the problem. We are. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, but Jesus fulfilled it through love and the old covenant, you entered it by natural birth. So you didn't really have a choice. You just looked up and you're in. Correct. In the new covenant, you enter by spiritual birth. You're born again. Mm -hmm. And in by the old choice, by the way. Yeah, by choice. And the old covenant was for Jews only, and the new covenant was for all nations. Yep. Way better. It's better. Way better. Which was the, <clears throat> when Jesus did the Great Commission, you know, right, that was one of the last things he said before he left the planet. He made that transition, you know, go into the world, baptizing them, they have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them what I've commanded you. The idea is all nations. Well, like Mark said, every, preach, preach the gospel to every nation. That's right. In a, in their own language. Well, that was a big deal saying that that's because right. they're like, well, wait a minute. We're the nation chosen by God. Right. So we don't think that's a big deal. But to them, that would be a good, why are we preaching to every nation? <laughs> we're, we're the ones that are in. And I think Dad had made that point in, in the uh, overtime. Let's take another break. I think you'd made that point in the overtime about we were trying to figure out some of the reasons why the Jewish people, even to this very day in 2022 or so, hated by so many people around the yeah. world. And I don't know if it's that idea about that, Jay, so they think they're the only ones. 
or what it is. I, I next time we have bowls on though, <clears throat> I am going to ask him a question because I thought about this after we had him on last night. Because he mentioned that you know mostly he's working with people coming out of the Islamic faith, Middle East, you know, in the Middle East, and but he mentioned something yesterday that struck me later. I didn't think about it in the moment. Or I would ask him on air that they accept the Old Testament and they even accept Jesus as a prophet. Well, I noticed that when I was there. Yeah, when because he said because I said well what you know I when I got up and spoke. My speech was being uh, translated. Well, yeah, translated into Farsa. Persia. Yeah, Farza in in Persia, and I I'm not sure how they were getting it to these underground churches yeah. or whatever. Right. But uh, but I was like, well, should I even give the New Testament? Yeah. You know? And he's like, yes. I mean, just introduce Jesus. He said, but they'll be familiar with the Old Testament. So when he said that, I thought. Well, that's strange. Yeah. So they, they, I, I, I guess they're. I, well, my assumption has always been. This is why I, why I want to ask him because I'm not sure, and he knows these people, so he'll know the answer to the question. I've always assumed it went back to Abraham's line, you know, because you had Isaac and Ishmael, and Ishmael wound up being the father of many of those places now that are in the Middle East. Abraham is the father of not only the Christians. But the Arabs, the, the 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 correct. So I'm assuming right. that's why they would embrace the Old Testament. Yep. So I, we have I, the same father, which is amazing. But here's my question, based on that, is because you mentioned about the people that hate, uh, bless you, <laughs> bless you, Josh. <laughs> uh, the uh, the people that hate them, I thought the the most vitriol on the planet towards the Israel Israeli that's, people. That, that's a big part of it. Is right there. Yep. I mean, let's face it, the biggest They fear. chose Muhammad over Jesus. Yeah, I guess so. And maybe it goes back to even Isaac and Ishmael. The Jews rejected him, but they, but there's a lot of jealousy there involved going a lot of way vitriol. back. There's a lot of vitriol between the Arab world and the Jews. I mean, it's 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 way stronger than... But it's not uncommon. with that. That's the way people identify themselves even today. I, I mean, guess so. If you're different... But, but what I'm saying is, Jace, doesn't it seem strange that you would share... You would share history with certain amount of when Ishmael and yet was, have that much hatred towards each other. I, I don't know. It just when Ishmael was born, the last thing it says about him is that and he lived in hostility toward his all brothers. his brothers. Right. I talked to a Jewish guy one time and I showed him that and he said, I've never seen that before. Hmm. I never never seen that one. Yeah. But I think that was God's plan back going back to the Tower of Babel. You know, everybody spoke the same language and they were accomplishing great things. But the plan was, because of our evil and our sin, was to bring Jesus on the earth and bring everybody together. So when Jesus confused, I mean, when God, or through Jesus, I mean, you can't say one without the other, but when the languages were confused, those differences that then occurred, yeah. I mean, we would have never thought that that would have been the point of conflict for the rest of the earth. That's right. Because if you're different than me, I'm not going to like you. There's going to be fringes on all groups of people that don't like the other fringes. And I'm I'm saying that as far as using the word hate. There's just going to be people that hate each other because they're different. And it is interesting that every, in our short history as a country, I mean, you go about every hundred years and you realign with who's a friend and who's an enemy. I mean, we fought a war war with Jap- Japan and Germany, and now we're allies. We're on the same side. 
But what my point is now it's China and Russia. When we you look know? at the difference in the old covenant and the new covenant, where you only had to be from a certain tribe to be a priest to be all that, and you, it was only for the Jews. Well, when you look at what God did through Jesus in the new covenant, well, that was the way to bring people together. Yep. And don't take for granted that fulfilling the law, which he fulfilled it through love. Yeah. And what is the whole problem with being different? Hate, because you have one group. Well, everybody's yep. going to hate them because they're the one group. Right. You, you, that's what we've been doing in our societies since the beginning of time. What and do we do? One, one group goes to war against another group, yeah. and they get all their stuff, and they make slaves out of them or whatever. They take all their gold and then they move on to the next group, you know, and even the church, especially in the, you know, the 16 and 1700s, they were warned on which church was going to be the church of each nation. I mean, tens of thousands of people died in a religious war over that. We're only going to have one church. Well, I think it ought to be this church. Well, it's going to be this church. Well, let's fight about it. Yeah. Or the idea that they all the crusades where they went in and said you either die or convert. <laughs> all right. I mean that's that's not exactly what Jesus had in mind. I don't think. That's why you know we're we're seeming to give simplistic things that people say. Oh well, we know this, but when you look at the history of yeah. humanity, they haven't been living the fo- by in general the focus of these letters, which was to bring people together under Jesus. Right. No matter where you're from, what you did, who you think you are, what system you came from, here Jesus is the new way, and it's better. It's better, and it does bring it does bring unity. Um, let's take our last break. So, what's your other? Uh, right, so theme? yeah, so, so we had, four of them, so we had we better, had? yeah, impossible. We had faith and perfect that we added in from your list. The next one I had, and I don't have any stuff on it, but it was just a key word is remember. Dad mentioned that several times. The whole point of the book is to try to get people to remember what the first part was about. What do you, you mean know? the first part? I mean the old the old covenant. Oh, well, so, I mean, it's all a big walk down memory lane. Well, I do think it's interesting that he used a lot of the rituals, like the sacrifices, the regulations, the law as shadows, to who Jesus is. But then he gets to Hebrews 11 and it's like he just picked the people out who were famous. I mean, look, when you when you start talking about Moses to those people in this setting, yeah. they're like, well, wait a minute now. You, if you have some ideas about how we should change some rituals, we're, we're open. I mean, you can explain Jesus. When you bit. go after the pillars. Don't be talking about Moses. <laughs> Which you remember the conversation in John 8 when they were uh, that, that was that over Abraham? Yeah. Yeah. When they, it's the same thing, you know, I mean, Jesus was lighting them up. I mean, saying your father's the devil. And yeah. I mean, they were people. They who, said, our father's Abraham. What are you talking about? Yeah, they're like, wait a minute. And, and, and then he course, drops the mic on him before Abraham was born. Which I is, am. was, we went over the difficulty in them transitioning. But you have this chapter, the Hall of Fame chapter in Hebrews 11. And I mean, he goes through, there's a long list. And look, part of us, when you look into the details of some of these people on this list, you're like, well, how'd they make it in that list? Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I just think that, that there's something in there about him subliminally 
for us today, God's grace reaches way beyond what we can even conceive. I mean, no matter where you're from or when we say no matter what you did, I mean, he proves that right here. Some of these people that made the Hall of Fame made terrible decisions and were utterly sinful. And you would just never think yeah. that's your example. Right. I'm sure it made them mad yeah. in, in some capacity. That's why I love that Rahab made that list, which she's also in the genealogy of Christ in Matthew. I mean, this is a woman who was a prostitute, you know, when they ran up on her. You talk about old writings. <clears throat> when Ishmael was born from <clears throat> Abram and Sarah, remember that his wife couldn't have children, so that's the way he came along. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey. The King James said a wild ass of a man. His hand will be against everyone and everyone's hand against him. Just think about now what's fixing to take place. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. That's Genesis 16, the last part of Genesis 16. You turn over to when he started having children in Genesis 25, it's the final word for all of it. These are the names of the sons of Ishmael, who was who was a, a wild ass of a man. <laughs> right down out toward the bottom. And they, Ishmael's children, sons, they lived in hostility toward all their brothers. So Ishmael did it, and so did they. That's why I mentioned, I ask you, well, where is all this hatred coming from? Well, some of it's coming from this right there. Yeah, It says they will live in hostility toward all their brothers, Ishmael and his children, and those are two great nations. Right. You know, what it was, uh, some ites, you know, a couple of... Well, there's a lot of ites in there. Yeah. <laughs> the ites. <laughs> a lot of ites. Well, you know, it's funny, and I mentioned this before, one of the greatest grace things, I said something about Rahab a minute ago. You know, the you remember the, the story back in when... Lot came out, but then he winds up, remember, he thinks they're the last people on the planet because they've suffered. Sodom and Gomorrah were just wiped mm -hmm. out. And so he winds up getting drunk and having sex with his daughters, and they have kids by him, which is kind of a sordid story. But the, those two kids were Moab and Ammon, which were some of those ites you were talking about, Dad, Moabites, Ammonites. And God had always said, he told the Hebrews, don't have anything to do with those two nations. And it got, went back to that original idea of how they were originated in sin. But you know what's interesting, Jay? So Ruth uh, comes out of that um, uh, the uh, Moab line, and then Rahab comes out of the Ammon line. Hmm. And so two of the women that are mentioned in Jesus' genealogy, because they were part of that tree you talked about as the Son of Man, were from those two nations. And I've always thought that was such a great picture of grace because here were people that God has said, don't associate with, but ultimately some of their people were wound up in that same mm. physical lineage of Jesus, which shows you that you can always be redeemed. I mean, there's no place you can't come back from. So, yeah. and look again, did that happen by accident? No. God was trying to show us that. That's why their genealogy. Well, I like it how he tied the knot in the, the end of Hebrews 11 saying they were all commended for their faith yet they didn't even receive what was promised they just welcomed it you know as a shadow right 
But God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Yeah. There again is your focus on Jesus and what he did about bringing people together. Not only did he bring people from every tribe and from every sinful situation, but he he brought people from time, That's the right. past, and even in the future, in the present, under one church. I mean that that that's just amazing. That it's almost yeah. more than your mind can. It's hard to wrap around. Wrap. So one of my other uh, two words left, or t- one phrase and one word, is the last one I put on there was eternal, which you mentioned that earlier. That's a big theme in the book of Hebrews because everything's about what you just said. Yeah. It's the, the what's on earth is temporary. The the problem with the old covenant was we've mentioned about the law, but it was temporary. It wasn't built for eternity. That's right. It was built for the here. You know, for a period of time until Jesus came. So well, also another word mentioned with that's I guess a cousin from eternity is heaven. That yeah. he mentions heaven a lot. Yep. Especially in chapter eleven, but even chapter one is this picture. Does it say heaven when he says he the sun, let's see, he's seated at the right hand. Yeah, in heaven. Yeah, verse three. He sat down at of the majesty in heaven. But he he's gonna He's going to bring that up a, a yeah, lot. Right. So, and and I think that's the idea as it ties us together. The last phrase I had, which was kind of a key theme, I thought, just because it occurs so much, is the, is the two words, let us. It says there's different contexts. Let us hold fast. Let us draw near. That's several times. Let us come boldly. Time at the throne. Let us consider one another. Let us throw off sin and things that hinder and entangle. So he uses that phrase a lot as kind of a challenge phrase. We need to, these are all action steps. Yeah. Let us do this. Let us do that. So I thought that that was. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was kind of the seven key thoughts of just, you know, and there are more, like I said. He says in there somewhere it's impossible to keep the law. It's, 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 It's impossible. Right. What was impossible, Jesus did by one sacrifice. Correct himself yeah well you know how we know it's impossible dad because no human being in the history of human beings have ever kept it that is correct <laughs> except for jesus the and son they, of man and they keep trying to to go to a work system yep which it never did work nope but even churches it pointed today. us it, it was pointing us you want to get out of here let someone else put your faith in jesus <clears throat> and he'll do it for you right but even today, churches today try to go to a work system. They, oh, I know. Now, they don't do it on purpose. If you asked them that, they'd say, no. But now, you know, and then they'll come up with some point that you're like, well, that sounds like a work system <laughs> to me. <laughs> you know, I mean, we all have our traditions. But you're right, it's subtle. People tend to feel better if they do what's right instead of realizing you have to be right all the time. And Jesus is the one who never made a mistake. You've made plenty. They just hard for him to see it. I remember I was talking to a church leader one time, and we were just having a conversation. He said, "You know, it'd be a good idea if we just all the decisions that we make to lead our church here. If we we need to write all those down and put them in a binder so that future generations won't forget them." And I remember thinking about that. And I said, "You know, I think we have that. It's called the Bible. Yeah. Let's just we don't really need an addendum." No. <laughs> of our leadership decision. But doesn't that show you how easy it is to gravitate towards these are going to be our things we're going to add to? Yep. 
Oh, I remember when I was in a meeting there of the leaders back when I guess I was considered a leader at the church. And my big grand idea, because there was some, they were trying to uh, hire somebody. They couldn't, they couldn't decide on who. So I said, why don't we just cast lots? Oh, you would have <laughs> thought. <laughs> I think the word is, so your answer is that we should gamble? And I thought... No, I think that I think casting lots was biblical. Yeah, very biblical. But then the next thing I know, it caused such an uproar. Yeah, because it was just so out there that I thought number one, I need to do something else, <laughs> <laughs> and number two, we missed the whole point here. Exactly. I, I was like, let's rely on God. We Judas's replacement in Acts chapter one was chosen by the casting of lots. So I'd say it's pretty. Well, that's where I was getting it from. But you know, try try to. Push that through. Leave it your to next, uh, leave what it do they to call me. it? The next board meeting. Next board meeting. Leave it to Jace to cause trouble. So I'll, I'll close on this, Jace. We were right. Uh, indestructible, the only place that appears in the Bible is Hebrews 7 16. I think if you say that, you just need to say it once. Yeah. Jesus right. is indestructible. That's just, that. that's a that's a profound drop mic moment. Yeah, so uh, before we'll, we'll start uh, the next podcast into our, our actual study of the text, uh, in the overtime, I'll give you my outline uh, that I have for the study, and we'll parse that a little bit, see if you guys like it. So the next time somebody persecutes you for following Jesus, you need to say, he's indestructible. <laughs> I like and so are we. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.